This is the AusChina Business Channel with Stacey Martin, our AusChina Business Specialist and Expat Financial Advisor. Experts, information and ideas on how to navigate business opportunities in Asia. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagle Waves Radio and broadcasting from Vivo Cafe, Sydney. Welcome to SME Radio. I'm Stacey Martin, host of the AusChina Business Channel. And I'm here in the studio today with David Thomas, my good friend. Welcome, David. Thank you, Stacey. So we've known each other. Oh, my God, we must be going back 20 years. Do we need to reveal that to people? Probably not. <laughs> That's not. But uh, I guess I met you when you first, uh, when I first started in financial planning kind of back in the day. Uh, and I think you just returned to Hong Kong. So tell, tell us about the early days. Uh, you obviously were born in the UK but grew up in Hong Kong. Tell us about how that, that all went down. Well, actually, I started my career in London, in the UK. I, I grew up in southeast London, southwest London. I moved to Hong Kong in my late twenties. Um, I ran a financial services business for eight years. I worked with Asian investors, helping them manage their money across uh, the Asian markets. It was quite an exciting time. We had the opening up of uh, India and China. We had, you know, Japan. We had the Asian tigers. So it was a very interesting time to be in the investment scene in Asia in the 80s and 90s and then I came to Australia in 1995 to try and build bridges between Australia and Asia that's when we met because I was uh, I launched a magazine called Australians International which was designed to help Australians overseas keep up to date with what was happening back here in Australia because in those pre-internet days people were starved of information it seems remarkable yeah, so back then it wasn't like you know you'd pop an article on Facebook you actually yeah, uh, for no. those for those of our younger listeners this was about uh, typing up a newsletter going down to the printer photocopying yeah. putting in envelopes getting a stamp stuffing it in envelopes yeah, yeah, yeah. getting stamps yeah it was ridiculous really when you think <laughs> about it we used to have evenings at my house where we would stuff envelopes so yeah no we literally um, mailed posted uh, four or five hundred newsletters every couple of months um, to a group of people all over the world and at the time they said it was really good because they they had no other source of information and that's 20 years ago now we're so we're so global so um, David you've um, been traveling to China working with Chinese and you've recently put together an e-book with the insights that you've gained over those 20 years um, and I think you've got this little expression of the three P's so t- tell us a little about those highlights from your uh, latest uh, ebook yes well um, e- everyone is welcome to download my ebook from my website which is davidthomas.asia um, but uh, it, it basically gives some insights of the things that I've learned over the last 20 years in dealing with China and I start off with preparation and you know preparing yourself preparing your people and preparing your marketing and I find that most people shortcut on all those three things so maybe we'll just talk about each of those for a moment fantastic so preparing yourself I mean this is a exciting journey to go and do business in a market like China a billion people um, you know cities of a million or more there's 50 of them um, different provinces different places you know if you could even get a small foothold into China, it would completely transform your entire business uh, in Australia. And yet, people don't prepare for it. 
Um, and when I say prepare yourself, I mean that you need to get on the ground. You need to perhaps go on a backpacking holiday and travel around China a bit. You need to read a bit about China. You need to understand a bit about China. I think here in Australia, we're still getting to grips with this Asian century that we're living in. I think there's still not enough curiosity, not enough interest, not enough engagement in the Asia market. And the starting point, I think, is instead of going to Bali on a uh, surfing holiday, you should backpack around China and get some understanding of how China works. And that must be the first thing to do. Um, the second thing then, of course, is to start getting interested in the market and uh, doing some research on the ground, attending a few missions and uh, uh, going in building relationships. But it all starts, I think, with getting yourself ready and getting yourself interested. If you could do business in China, you wouldn't need to do business anywhere else in the world. So if that's your goal, just get um, immersed in the China culture. So immerse, immersing yourself in the culture. So yeah. one of the ways to start that, obviously, there's a lot of uh, Chinese here, both living and tourists. Is, is that is that helpful to get started with your preparation? Of course. Um, get to know some Chinese people. You've probably got kids at school with Chinese people and families. Why don't you start right there? Get to know them, invite them around to your house, get to understand the way they think, the way they talk, the way they uh, do things. Um, I think you've got to start from a fairly basic uh basic point and many people skip all that and get straight on a plane go to China go to Shanghai um, and get get too far ahead of themselves and I think they waste money and time in the process so that's the first thing is prepare yourself um, there are some great books to read about it like um, uh, think like Chinese were a, yep. a favorite of mine because it's written by friends of mine Jeff Baker and Helen Jones. Oh look and that's a great book I remember on one of the missions when uh, we met with them and I really wished I'd uh, read that book uh, a bit before I went on the trip, mm. well, I guess that's what you mean by um, preparation. Yeah, I think that's a great book to start with, Inside the Chinese Mind. Another book I read was called Mr. China, and it's a, okay. a chap called Tim Clissod about some of his early experiences. Uh, there are five or six other books well worth reading, and maybe we'll put them up on the website for people to look at later. So I think prepare yourself is the first thing. And then the second thing is to prepare the people around you, because a lot of people are going to tell you you're crazy thinking about doing business in China, not least your spouse, yeah. uh, not least your business partners, not least your directors, shareholders, yep. colleagues, managers, they're all going to think you're crazy for doing this. So you might as well prepare them in advance for this too, okay. because um, they're going to need to support you along the way. And if they're negative at the start, they'll get more and more negative as you go along, because you'll find it's difficult, it's <laughs> challenging, and uh, they'll be in your ear saying, you know, I told you, you shouldn't be doing this. And that's not what you need when it gets tough. So I think preparing your people, taking them on that journey with you and getting them to read the books and come on the missions and do these sort of things. Look, is and I think that's important. a really good point because I remember hearing um, uh, Christine from Blackmore speak up in Shanghai um, and the number of times she had to go back to the you know, f founder or the CEO of the company and say, look, we're having some challenges. You know, we believe in this strategy. I think she had uh, um, Chinese consultants in working with her and they've been an amazing success story. There's always something around the corner that impacts, but uh, you know it's being having that conviction, and I guess people who have been there for a while are doing doing really really well now. So you know it's something that's not going to happen overnight, right? Yeah. So preparation. So the third area is marketing, and as I say in my ebook, it's amazing how many people turn up in China with a flimsy piece of paper that explains what they do in English. 
there's been very little thought given to yeah. the fact that marketing to the China market. I know this all sounds obvious, but actually, from my experience, it's what everyone does. So, number one priority around marketing is to have a you know Chinese documents in Chinese written for the China market with people who are Chinese looking on the cover, not white English or yeah, Anglo-looking yeah. people. You know, you've got to start at least thinking about how a Chinese person would react to a document that you're going to give them. Okay. And the starting point for all that um, is to get some good advice, uh, get some design, get some uh, translation done properly, professionally, not by somebody in your office who just happens to speak Chinese. Use a professional translator, do your marketing properly. You would do it in your home market, why not do it in a market that's really important to And you? I think it's it's really funny when we're over there and we see something that's been badly translated to English and, you know, it's quite easy for us to get caught out in the same way. Um, I found having a Chinese business card with uh, quite a good Chinese name, uh, Ma Ting, apparently means charming, beautiful young woman. What does your Chinese name mean, David? Well, of course, it means I'm handsome and smart oh, and wise We must have gone to the same person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but look, that that's a great opening because bus- exchanging business cards is important, but then the next step of explaining what you do um, and some of the words that we use don't e- even translate. So that's, again, why, you know, I think you've talked before about with even your profile, making sure that you do get a professional translator who can not just um, translate the words, but make sure you use appropriate words for yep. your collateral. Well, if you've ever seen a document translated from Chinese to English yep. and you've seen all the Chinglish or typos <laughs> in it, you know what we're talking about. It's, yeah, if totally. it's not done professionally, um, you might as well not bother. So you've written this uh, e-book, uh, My China Insights, which can be downloaded from your David Thomas.Asia website. Right. But I heard there's a book in the wind. Is yes, that true? absolutely. So that's actually the My China Insights is the last chapter of the book. So there's going to be uh, my first ch- book on China published early next year. And when it is, I'll come back and tell you more about it. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. So um, thanks. Uh, I've been interviewing uh, David Thomas of um, Think Global. Uh, David is uh, the resident expert. If there's nothing that uh, you need to know about China, uh, you've totally got to um, get in contact. Uh, with David and his consultancy um, how can people contact you well uh, support at thinkglobal.com.au probably fantastic Um, thanks David Uh, I'm Stacey Martin if you've been listening to OzChina Business Channel SME Radio is backed by the power of the SME Association and its 30,000 strong national membership for more information on the association and to become a member please go to www.smea.org.au. Thanks for listening to SME Radio. This is a shameless plug for an advertiser, sponsor or partner. If you want your business name here and to reach our more than 33,000 members right across Australia, then give us a call. You can reach us via the website, smeradio.com.au. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to SME Radio. I'm Stacey Martin and this is the Oz China Business Channel, leveraging capital and capabilities. Uh, I'm here in the studio with David Thomas. I've known David for some 20 years. Um, and in fact, in the last few years, I've been going on trade missions uh, with David uh, and the team at Think Global. Uh, so David, tell us a little bit about these trade missions. Why, why did you decide that that would be part of your um, business offering at Think Global? 
Well, a long time ago, over 10 years, I was mentored by a chap called Matt Church, who you kindly introduced Oh, that's me. right. We did. We, I remember we hadn't caught up for a while and I talked uh, to you about your business and some of the challenges that you were having. And, you know, I'd started hanging out with Matt Church, you know, Thought Leadership Group. And, you know, uh, I guess I was, I mean, I must tell you, you know, I know that you went and did the course and all of that. And a couple of years later, you were voted the Thought Leader of the Year. So I was pretty proud of the progress you made uh, with just that little extra sort of kick and insights so so tell us what 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 were those insights and how did you change your business well Matt had an idea which is was basically around how he structured his business which which was that he wanted to spend time with people he liked in places he liked and I thought well I like China and I want and I want to get people into China people I like into China so I thought let's do it in the form of a mission so rather than try and persuade individuals to come on a trip with me it seemed to make sense to me and certainly commercially more sensible to get 20 people together and take them all on a on a trip and I realized after I'd done one or two that a I was very good at it b that the people who came on them were really enjoying them and c all the people on the ground in China were really really helpful and supportive so I guess a kind of business model grew out of that and I did well an annual mission to the Asian Financial Forum for seven years I ran BRIC study tours uh, for financial planners and BRIC is Brazil, Russia, India and China. We we went to all four BRIC countries but I did at least six to China Um, and I've taken many individual companies to China on individual missions. So so over the last 10 years I've probably taken three or four hundred people to China, most of them for the very first time. For the very first time. Mm. So, you know, we, we're here in the Asian century and yet a lot of people haven't even been up to China. Yeah, well, a mission is a great way to start because you, you travel with like-minded people who are on the similar sort of journey to yep. you. You get to know them very well over the course of a week or whatever in a strange foreign environment and you become a bit of a team and and that that works really well. Well, and I think um, Team Australia, I mean, we're only 22 million people and that's the size of many of the, uh, the cities in China, let alone the whole country. So, coming with a kind of united front and I guess uh, understanding the objectives of other delegates and what they're looking to achieve and kind of scouting out opportunities it could be quite fun and I remember a couple of years ago uh, when one of your delegates said they'd come back and uh, they'd had six deals from uh, fellow delegates on that from those 20 people I knew that was true because I was one of them so um, it's quite strange that you have to go to another country to end up dealing with you know a colleague down the road yes but that, that actually happens quite often. And uh, in fact, in Hong Kong, we often attend something called deal flow, where a computer matches people in the conference together and puts them one on one. And we actually found two of our delegates were actually matched <laughs> by the computer. Um, and they found themselves in a conversation with each other in this deal flow session, realizing that actually there was a great opportunity for them just to do business together. And they'd, they'd come on the mission to find that out. Fantastic. Um, so what, what are some of the things that you've learned from running these missions? You know, uh, you talk in your ebook about people preparing for things. Do people get quite prepared to go or are they really just like turning up to kind of find out what, what China's all about? What are these Asian conferences? What's happening on the ground? What's been your experience? Well, my experience is that managing everyone's expectations is the difficult bit because I think people think if they get on a plane and go to China, they're going to come back with some business, which of course isn't going to happen on the first trip. So what we really hope for is that people will commit a long time in advance to give themselves time to prepare, not the week before. And honestly, people have committed the week before, which I always find astounding. Um, So commit a bit early, get prepared, put your marketing materials together in in Chinese. 
and think hard about what you're trying to achieve. I think that in terms of what you can achieve on your first mission to Asia, my view is the best thing you can do is start building a network of people who you can get one-on-one -on -one with and build a relationship and a network from there. And, and having been so frequently over the years, one of the things that I've been, uh, well certainly our fellow delegates have been uh, really impressed with is the quality of your network. You know some people in some pretty high places and obviously some of those have progressed in their careers over the years, um, but I just have to ring up someone and say I'm a friend of David's and the door opens right up. So um, I'm now finding having been on I think four of your missions that uh, and a few others that uh, you know, it's starting to build some really solid networks, you know, joining the various uh, associations overseas and keeping in regular contact. Um, you know, you try to build a network over there as you would here. Yeah, well, one of the benefits of being old and experienced <laughs> is that everybody else is also old and experienced. So people I grew up with um, in the early days in Hong Kong are now running, you know, the, the biggest companies in town. Yeah, so, so you worked in Hong Kong for a period there. I did, yeah, for yeah. Eight, eight years in the financial services sector. So not only did I have a lot of clients um, who were investors, but also I know lots of people from social and playing cricket and other things I used to do. Oh, and uh, racing's pretty big in Hong Kong yes. as well, isn't it? Yes, <coughs> Wednesday night racing. Always worth doing if you're in town. Yep, it's like Cup Day every week there in, in Hong Kong. Yes. But um, a lot of people don't realise that, that Hong Kong has a lot to offer. Uh, you know, it's a it's a great country, not just the, the buzz of all the social scene, but, you know, there's walking tours and the harbour. What, what can people expect uh, well, outside of the business mission when they, well, when they get up there? Yes, I mean, obviously, the, you're right. There, there's the harbour, there's the peak. But actually, Hong Kong is a very business-minded, money-making environment. And you don't spend much, a lot of time having leisure. It's all about networking, relationships. Even going to the races, you find yourself talking to people about business. So... Um, it's the same actually in China. It's pretty much a 24-7 working environment. And yes, there's a bit of leisure time, but actually most of it is, is work-related. I remember one of the um, mission business dinners at the uh, Hong Kong Jockey Club. I think that might have been when we had uh, Josh Freinberg uh, as one of the guests. One of the, the delegates getting up and introducing themselves, their business and you know what uh, they're looking for out of the mission was quite surprised about how overt people are talking about their business. As you say, it's a 24-7 kind of business culture. And you know at Ostcham Hong Kong networking functions, if they can't help you, they'll take you around as someone who can. So it's, it's a really great environment to hone your networking skills um, and be very upfront about telling people what you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our guys on these missions, they say uh, it's like networking on steroids. You know, they, <laughs> turn up, they turn up to a room full of people and suddenly people are thrusting business cards at them, asking them what they do, uh, telling them what they do and... Um, it's very different to the sort of slightly more laid-back environment yeah, that we absolutely. have here. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I remember the first trip I came back with a couple of hundred business cards and was quite overwhelmed how I'd follow them up. But that's just really the way you introduce yourself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Business cards are, are critical. These days, everyone swaps contacts on WeChat. <laughs> so, um, and social media is, is, is important. Uh, but also, if you're going heading into China, some of the Gmail and so on don't, don't work. So that's part of the preparation, I guess. So um, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, you've run this Asian Financial Forum trip in Hong Kong in January for the last seven years. I've been on four of them and, and you've decided to entrust me uh, with the trip, uh, taking the Australian delegation for Hong Kong Trade and Development Council and, uh, you know, tapping into your network. Um, so people say, so what are you going to do now? Oh, well, I'm quite busy. So. 
don't worry about that. But I, I mean, you and I worked quite hard together on the last mission, and it seemed to me that it was time for a new person to take over with fresh energy, ideas, contacts, and so on. So yes, having done it for seven years, um, it seemed like the right time to hand it over. And I, I know you'll be a big hit for the next seven years at least. <laughs> Um, so now I'm, I spend a lot of my time in Guangzhou. Um, we have a, a joint venture up there with a local law firm who um, bring clients to us who have an interest in Australia. So I'm going up there a lot, building a platform. Um, we've created something called the Australia-China SME Association, which is designed to showcase Australian SME capabilities innovation technology up in China. Um, through our network in China, we now have uh, Chinese SMEs looking to do business overseas and Australia is a favoured location so we're in the in the process of building that and learning a hell of a lot uh, from being on the ground um, dealing with a local office and uh, local people and spending my time dealing with local potential clients. So how can the Australian SMEs uh, tap into your Chinese SMEs? What kind of opportunities might there be and how can they get in touch? Well I'll, I will be taking missions under the banner of ACSME, AXME as we call it, uh, to China over the next few months, next year. We'll, we'll be dividing them into different sectors like um, property, like um, healthcare, education, tourism, technology, financial services. So we'll be taking small missions, and when I say small, I mean sort of four or five people at the most, okay. under this banner, and by doing that, we'll get a lot of attention in China because there's a big focus now on the private sector, there's a big interest in SMEs, and we find that when we hold up our AXME banner, uh, it creates lots of interest. So um, the best place to start there is our website, which is AXME, that's acsme.com.au, um, sign up as a member, it's free at the moment, um, and we'll use that as the platform to start selecting companies that might be interested. Fantastic. But in the meantime, we've got the uh, uh, Asian Financial Forum mission coming up that I'm hosting, uh, taking the baton from you in January 15th to the 20th. So uh, uh, get in contact uh, with uh, SME Radio, Oz China Business Channel. Uh, for more information, I'm Stacey Martin, and I look forward to talking to you about our upcoming mission in January. Thanks Great. for being in the studio today, David. My pleasure. Thanks, Stacey. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagle Waves Radio and broadcasting from Vivo Cafe, Sydney. Want to reach more small business owners? We can help. Advertise with us and connect with more than 30,000 SMEs across Australia. smeradio.com.au Thank you.